This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And welcome again to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is a full house. I've got Max Cohen, Yanis Janais, and making his return, Mike O'Connor. In this episode, we're going to look back at the disappointing 2-1 to loss for Fulham against Arsenal at the Emirates. Fulham come up short, but I think that they really showed a good future here. I think they actually showed the whole league and everyone around the world that we mean business, that we're going to be in the Premier League. I truly believe that. I think this was a statement in a loss. Can you get positives in a loss? I'm going to make that argument. So, But we're going to talk about it in this next hour. It should be interesting. And if you're watching live, please feel free to share your comments. And also, as always, subscribe on YouTube. And also on any podcast that shows Cottage Talk, please do subscribe. Okay, guys, let's not waste any time. Let me go to... Mike O'Connor, because I want to welcome him back. Mike, welcome back to the show. It's been a long time. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Russ. Thank you so much for having me, uh, especially on such a short notice. Um, it's great to be back, and I've been looking forward to this uh, pretty much all weekend. Um, obviously, <laughs> the game more so. Um, right. Right, right, right. Um, and, and overall, you know, it's, it's a satisfactory loss. I do think so, because... Um, to be honest with you, in my head, I came in thinking we were going to lose 3-0. Not because I have anything against this Fulham team or Marco Silva, but Arsenal just really looked like this young, motivated, well-drilled side. So um, all in all, 2-1, I think, is a fair result if you want to be an objective viewer and kind of take the emotion out of it. Yep. Um, and I think that this is a loss that uh, in juxtaposition to, like, let's say, Bournemouth versus Liverpool and any of the <laughs> other losses that happened this weekend i think it's one that the players can hold their heads up high and um there may have been one or two tactical decisions that could have swayed the game towards the end of it and we'll get into that but i think the loss is fair and i'm not upset with it by any means i think every player did their due diligence and they can um, look forward to brighton okay and i'm glad that you brought up uh bournemouth because i actually feel sorry for our friends at back of the net and i'll call them friends because they've uh i've actually done a podcast with uh, back of the net that covered Bournemouth and boy nine nil who would you rather be Max would you rather be Fulham 
on Sunday, would you rather be Bournemouth? Oh, my Lord. But <laughs> Max, I want to go to you, and I'm going to ask you the question as I ask every week. Matt Max or Optimus Max? What, what are your thoughts about the match? <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I think Mike made, made the great point that, you know, look at the other newly promoted side and look how they did away <laughs> at, at a team who honestly had a worse start to the season than Arsenal did. Uh, let's be honest. So, yeah. no, I'm definitely Optimus Max, Russ. I think the way we played, we forced Arsenal to grind their way to three points at exactly, home Max. the newly promoted side. Exactly. This is a side which is perfect in the league, and we gave them their toughest uh, opposition yet. And they've played Bournemouth, they played Leicester, um, and they played Crystal Palace. So, to me, I think we'll be fine this year, based on the evidence of this match alone, because the players are excellent. And again, this squad is so weak. The, the, the starting 11 that played against Arsenal, again, I said this last week against Brentford. It's it's almost the same eleven, but Cabano came back in. Right. It's not really a Premier League starting eleven in many respects. The back four is still essentially the same. Yes, we have Leno who is a big upgrade. But look at that front three. That was not even our top front three in the championship. So I have to say credit to Marco Silva. He's working wonders with this. He's getting squad. the most out of him. But the other frustration is we've no one on the bench, and I think we're going to talk about transfers. We have to talk about depth. Sure. This squad is not good enough at the moment to really compete. But Silva's making them good enough, which is amazing. He's getting the most and some out of the team. But when we're chasing a match like we were yesterday and we turn to the bench and the best you can come up with is Kearney and Mbabu, you have to ask questions. So I'm delighted with the performance. Of course, to give away the result with the way we did was frustrating. But also frustrating is that if we had actually some players coming in and if Wilson and Solomon weren't injured, we yeah. could have gotten a lot more out of this. Possibly, possibly, Max. And it's a good point. Listen, there's no question that the bench is razor thin and potentially we still need a starter or two as well. So I understand where you're coming from. It's a double-edged sword, Max, before I go to Giannis with me and the transfer window, because I agree with everything that you said. I said that we need five players. Marco's saying four players. Okay, we can quibble on four or five, right? It's a lot to ask before the window closes. However, I do want to mention that several of these signings have been already showing itself, and even Leno showed himself in this last match. That's the thing. They brought in quality, and he's getting the most out of all of the players. But, Max, you're 100% right. If they want to have a successful season, if they – again, I'm going to say this. If they don't want to be dealing with a relegation battle, I'm going to say it right now. If they bring in reinforcements, Max, we might be – comfortable mid-table by three-quarters of the way in the season. But that means we have to get reinforcements, or it's a relegation battle. I would rather deal without that relegation battle, and that means recruitment. So I'm with you there, Max. Okay, good stuff, good stuff. Mr. Janaeus, how are we doing? Shell-shocked. Shell-shocked? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm gutted for the players. My job, you know, defining of us as a group, how uh, we bounced back from this. I had to phone Floyd last night. I was so upset. Oh, sorry. I'm not Scott Parker. <laughs> I had a feeling that you were doing <laughs> a Scott Parker. Uh, I had a feeling that's where you were going. Yeah. I, I had that feeling. You know what? It's, it's funny. I'm going to use that, that term fine margins, but yeah. Uh, it, you know, a nice goal by, by Mitro. The, the, the lads really, really battled, but, but Max absolutely nailed it. And it's funny because I was uh, umpiring a cricket match yesterday after the game. And at the end of the game, I was talking to a player who's an Arsenal fan. 
and obviously both watched the game. And I said, what do you make of uh, your boys this year? You know, you're doing really well. And he said, what I see the difference between us and you is, is our bench is stronger. Yeah. And I thought that was a very telling comment because they can get world-class stars. Most of the teams in the division can. And you look at ours and we're a little bit weak there. So the next 48 hours is going to be key in terms of getting enforcement. I thought we battled hard. I thought we probably deserved a draw. A bit of luck on their equaliser. I think VAR should have scratched their head with the, uh, the second goal. Well, we're going to talk uh, about that, Jonas. But overall, I'm pleased with the effort. And um, big game coming up on uh, Tuesday against a, another very good side, Brighton. Okay, excellent stuff. Okay, Mr. O'Connor, back to you. I, I want to get your thoughts on the strategy of Marco Silva in this match. What's great about Silva is that he's not afraid to change things up, and he's not afraid to go up against a, a side like Arsenal. And again, I think the way that form were set up was to basically take advantage of Arsenal when we had the ball and uh, create some opportunities, which they did, but be solid in the back. What did you make of Fulham's tactics against Arsenal? Just talking about how we were set up. So overall, I can't, under Marco Silva, especially in the four games so far we've seen this season, they, this is the most well-drilled, organized Fulham side that I've seen in, in quite some time. So to Max's point earlier about having potentially not the quality, despite Marco getting the most out of the players we have, yeah. is the most of the players we have good enough to survive at the end of the season without reinforcements? You know, I also doubt that. But the way that he's drilled them, their organization, the covering for one another, um, the defense. I mean, looking at Tim Ream, who I'm a huge fan of, but he's going on 35 um, and he's playing in the best league in the world, arguably. Um, and he is probably one of our standout defenders. I think that's very telling for Marco right. Silva and his and his team because too many fans have slagged him off. Robinson Tete, which is unbelievable. Tosin was supposed to be the one that would be our mainstay in the back and be the future. And, you know, looking at the four of them, he might be the weakest out of these four, out of these four matches so far. So I think overall with the addition of Paulinho, Reed and Pereira in the middle midfield is looking great. Um, it's very obvious though, that in the match yesterday, this is the most defensive I've ever seen Marco set us up to do, yes. which is fine. And I understand that. The only thing that he did yesterday that I disagreed with and it, and I had a feeling they were going to score on us was when he made the substitutions that he did at the time that he did. I think he did it a little too early and this sounds horrible, but it felt a little Parker ballish only because you could tell at that time he was setting up for a draw. And if you set back with the players we have against a side like Arsenal with the players they have and the momentum they were building throughout the game, I kind of just felt it coming. Um, but that being said, he's, he's dealing with the cards he has. And so I think overall, he's a phenomenal man manager and he set us up well-organized drilled and we were unlucky to not come away with a point. Okay. Excellent stuff. And, um, I just posted here on the show a question. Did Marco get it wrong with his substitutions? We'll talk about that when we really break down the second half, but that's something that if you're watching live, feel free to share your thoughts on. We'll get back to that in just a bit. Over to you, Mr. Janaeus. Your thoughts on the tactics against Arsenal from Marco? I was a little bit worried of, um, because of the game on Tuesday. Did he make the subs because he had an eye, you know, eye ahead for, for Tuesday's game? Possibly. He wanted to rest players up. Yeah, I mean, there, there were a few players moaning about the Crawley game, but crumbs almighty, man. What, I mean, he had to rest the players that played uh, last week against Brentford. 
Um, yeah, I saw some criticism of Mbabu, but then people yep. forget Mbabu set up the cross that got Mitro's winner against Brentford last week. So you can't, you know, you can't have it always. You've got to give players a little bit of time. It was a bit defensive, but you're playing in front of 60,000 at the Emirates, yep. an Arsenal team that's going gangbusters. Uh, and if he thinks, if he thinks he's made a mistake, he's a pretty self-reflective coach. And that's a pretty self-reflective coaching staff. So they'll debrief it, probably have done it already today. And if they've made mistakes, they'll recognise it and they'll move forward and uh, and rectify them for the Brighton game. Okay, excellent. Max, your thoughts. I'll give you the final word on just the tactics of Marco Silva and his coaching staff. Thought they were great. You know, we soaked up pressure really well. I think credit to Anthony Robinson. I think he had an excellent game. Again. We, we, have again. To, we had to shout him out here because... You know, I gave him stick in the past for not being a very good defender, and I think Me he's too. put that completely, completely to bed. I mean, wow, he just shut down Saka um, and Martinelli in this match. I, I do think the Tete substitution is the only issue because I understand why he did it. I think on paper it was the right call because Mbappe was such an effective substitute against Brentford. But, I mean, I don't, I don't envy his position, Mbappe coming into a match like that when we you know under the cosh, but she, he was seriously off the pace, and... You know, he got beat so many times in that right back position. And you could argue, you know, him getting beat lets score it. So right. just, just the only thing I think I would draw issue with, because honestly, Tete didn't even, Tete wasn't struggling in my opinion. You know, I think Tete a lot of times looks like he pulled a, pulled a muscle or he's going down with cramp. I didn't see that leading up to the substitution. So it led me to believe it was tactical. Um, and I think that was the only issue I had. Okay. And I've seen it talked about with uh, Tete, like I said, that, situation the substitutions that's a question when certainly when we talk about the second half when we analyze that I think it's something that we need to go into a little bit further when we talk about the substitutions it's been a question that many phone supporters have had why did he take off Kenny Tete and um, Max I think you're making the argument that I think is the reason behind it and Babu in the last game made a difference and I think he was thinking he could potentially do it again and it just didn't work out that way and when you point against a team like Arsenal to get really up to speed that quick is difficult, and it just didn't come off. Uh, and again, you could make the argument that he was obviously involved in uh, the winning goal leading up to that. So I see why fans are upset about Mbabu, but I also think, as you said, Max, to be fair, he's put in a very difficult situation against a difficult opponent in a difficult place at a difficult time. All the odds were stacked against him. It was hard, but, you know, and again, Listen, you have to try things, and he was going. I'm talking about Marco. My opinion was going on based on what had happened, setting up Mitro for the winning goal and was being very effective in the last match. So I think that's where it's going, but or where it went. Anyways, one more topic before we talk about the starting 11. This is going right back to you, Mr. Janaeus. I've watched this a few times. Again, we, we can touch on this when we talk about the second half, but I've watched this several times now. I've seen screenshots of this. Giannis, this is handball, okay? I've seen it now. I've seen a screenshot that that slowed it down. This is handball. Did VAR get it right on second Arsenal goal? Did they get this right or did they get this wrong on the, on the match winner? Your thoughts? I think if it had been the cottage, we might have got the call. Um, That's I just... what I think. I think this was a hometown call, Giannis. Yeah, it's, just, it's disappointing. I just... Look, um, we're going to moan and groan with the calls. All I want is the right call. If, it, if it's if it's not a handball, don't give it. If it's a handball, give it. 
Um, if you watch all these games in the Premier League and you watch as a neutral, um, you just want the right calls to be made. Uh, it was a disappointing call. Um, Coach Marco was obviously upset. You know, he was concerned at the end of the game, and rightly so, and that's why he said he thought we should have got a point out of it. But, you know, as old uh, Coach Wenger used to say, that uh, calls have a way of evening, evening themselves out. Right. And hopefully, you know, we get uh, we get a few going on our own. But it was dis- the manner was disappointing because I thought we'd, for 86 minutes we'd done enough to get the draw and our shape was our shape was 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 really excellent yesterday. We didn't, you know, they had lots of possession, but they didn't really trouble us. It, and we we looked like a team that belonged in the division, which is something that for many parts of two years ago couldn't be said about this. So. To your point, it, it was um, to me. It was it was a handball, and it should have been given, but it wasn't. Okay, Max, I want to get your thoughts on this because again, watching this live, it again I've seen all different angles on it. Then I saw a screenshot. When you really slow it down, you could see it. But to the naked eye, again, it's difficult to see if it was handball. So I can understand why it went to VAR. Why? It might have gone through as, uh, again, not conclusive enough, but I've seen one that's pretty conclusive. I'm talking about a screenshot of this. So it's a tough decision. You don't have much time to look at it with VAR, but I don't think they got this right, Max. Well, what are your thoughts on this? Well, my main question is I don't understand the rule because do you remember when we played Tottenham yep. you know, two seasons ago in the Premier League and Lamina had the handball, which led to the magical, which got ruled off. And right. then there's a big you know, fuss made over the Premier League had changed the rule, like essentially the day after or something, saying that if it's an unintentional handball from an attacking player in the buildup, the goal stands. Wouldn't this fall under that? Right. So I'm just, I I honestly don't know, but it seems to me that because of the the rule they changed after we had this goal would stand because you can't argue that Saliba intentionally hit, it hit off his elbows, a ricochet. So isn't, isn't that the correct call? I don't know. I mean, obviously it looks bad on the replay, but isn't that right? That's a great question because I'm I'm not sure. Mike, what are your thoughts on this? No, Max is spot on. Um, I think that is exactly why it stood. Um, because during the game, during the match, at least the stream I was watching, the only yep. VAR that we got was from behind the goal. So you couldn't see where the ball was hitting at all. So I had no reason to doubt what VAR was seeing. And then I saw the screenshot. I'm assuming that you are referring to us where yep. it's a very obvious on his arm, below the elbow, not a natural position. Then again, he's jumping midair. I mean, what's a natural position at that point? Right. Um, But I think Max is spot on. It's because of the rule that they changed after we were screwed over (laughs) um, that came to bite us in the rear end yet again. (laughs) So um, that's very Fulhamish, right, to have that happen. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I'm glad that – listen, I'm glad that we're talking about it. And, uh, you know, it's, um, it's difficult because, uh, again, I remember that. I'm glad that Max brought that up because I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right, Max. Look at the brain on Max. Max <laughs> brought, brought us back. But, but it doesn't mean that we can't be upset by it, that we can't think, you know, uh, disappointed by it. But to Max's point, that's probably why it stood the way it did. <clears throat> but um, I could tell that Max and Marco Silva still wasn't happy with it. No, no. But, I mean, come on. Can we talk about Leno? I love Leno. He had a great game. Yep. Does he have some fault here? I mean, a keeper, if you jump for the ball and you fall down and, and it gets tapped into an empty yep. net, I, I don't want to blame him too much because, again, he saved us multiple times in the match. Right. I don't know. I, I always saw this more as Leno came out and didn't get the ball and, and just was weak. 
Okay. Well, again, we can we can talk about that. I definitely definitely want to go into more depth about that, Max, when we, when we talk about the second half. I do want to share this comment. Looks like it's from an Arsenal supporter, so I'm just going to read this, guys. As an Arsenal fan, I was impressed with how Fulham played, especially second half. Silva has got the team well organized and tough to break down. Fulham have a real chance to, to survive in the Premier League. Max, I, I agree with Darren here. Darren, thank you for watching, and thank you for the comment. Cheers, Darren. Yeah, and also Chris Goodwin on the chat also says uh, Leno's at fault, so that's an interesting uh, perspective. Um, and I see okay. Dave Cronin saying big shout-out for Tim Ream. He was immense, so. Yeah, he agree was. More. I mean, Tim Ream, very quickly, Mike, Mike mentioned it. I thought he'd be the weak link. Every single Fulham supporter I talked to, even people who didn't support Fulham said, if you start Tim Ream, you're going to go down. Oh, and I, I, and I agreed. Yep. We, I owe him a big apology. He has <laughs> I probably unbelievably surpassed my expectations. He should be on the plane to, to Qatar for the World Cup without a doubt. If we well, have a, do, United States men's national team center back playing at this level in the best league in the world, there's no doubt he should be in the World Cup team. The way he's playing, I would agree with that. And Max, if you owe an apology for Tim Ream, I probably owe probably a, a six pack or maybe a, more than that to Anthony <laughs> Robinson because I've just been I killing him for the past year and he has been proving me wrong. So congratulations to Anthony Robinson because he's playing at a top level. To play against the players that he's played and keep them quiet, we're talking about Mo Salah and then you said Saka? I mean, that's truly unbelievable. I didn't think he had it in him. Players can get better. So congratulations to Anthony Robinson because he's playing at a really high level. So so that's my Mia culpa. You might have Tim Ray. My Mia culpa is definitely Anthony Robinson. I definitely, definitely want to say that, guys. All right. Let's move on. Let's get back to talking about this match, and let's start with the starting 11. Guys, Giannis, I'll give you first crack at this. What were your thoughts an hour before the match? Well, <clears throat> Nicekins was back, um, so that meant, meant that Jay Stansfield was going to go onto the go to the bench as a shame because I thought he had a, a super debut last week against Brentford. It's the 11 that I, I, I thought we'd have um, measured, obviously organized, um, but again, you okay there, Giannis? Did, did we lose you, Giannis? No, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can yep. hear you. Yep. Oh, yeah, we're good. Some, somebody's coming on my ear. I don't know what it is. No, I thought it was um I thought it was a very um measured uh lineup. So something's talking to me from the BBC. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> no problem, no problem. I'll come back. Okay, to I got you. it, I got it, I rectified it. I sorry, I rectified okay. it. You know the thing I was thinking when I saw the lineup is if you get if you look at the bench again. Yep. Uh, what uh, options does Marco Silva have? And I would imagine that when Marco left the Emirates last night, he phoned Mr. Khan, who ho hopefully wasn't dancing in a ring somewhere, and said, get off your keister, because for the next 72 hours, what you do now will be absolutely massive. Because there was... Um, I want to go back to the second Arsenal goal. Yep. There's a still that's been going around social media. Yep, that's of, what we were just talking about. The, but it was the still of Issa Diop. Oh, Okay. Um, doing the rounds, he was standing right next to Gabriel as he was about to score, and the notion was, what exactly was he doing, standing as he was doing? And right now, three, four players that that could go into the lineup will help us because it's going to take time to bet bet in, right. especially right. With the World Cup coming. So this is a critical few days. I think Marco and the staff have done a magnificent job, and I think the players have been magnificent. This is the lineup I think they had to put out. Right. And really, they—I think they did themselves. I think they did themselves proud yesterday. 
Right. And Giannis, listen, to the credit of the players we're talking about, Max yeah. giving credit to Tim Ream. We're talking about Nitskins Cabano, who, let's be honest, I love Nitskins Cabano. Was he a starter in the Premier League? No, he's not a starter in the Premier League. Bobby Decadoverid, is he a starter in the Premier League? Maybe a bench player, but really, again, being asked to play above their heads, and they're doing it time and time again. That's a credit to them. It's also a credit to Marco to get the most out of them. So when you look at it, and I'm glad that we were talking about this at the beginning of the show, when you look at the players out there, there are some championship players that are starting in the Premier League and doing a good job, but we need reinforcements. So I understand where you're going on this. I think we can get by for a while. At some point, it's going to show itself more. And that's kind of why the next few days are crucial. I agree with you, Giannis. If, if I'm Mr. Khan, I'm giving Marco whatever he needs. I understand FFP, but at this point, give the coach what he needs to succeed because he's doing a job for you, but we need more players. I agree. I've said five. I'll take three or four if, if that's what is needed. Impact players. Okay. Over to you, Mr. O'Connor. Your thoughts on the starting eleven. Yeah, I don't think Marco had much of a choice. Um, and to everyone's point so far on this on this podcast or this show, um, we've got Jay Stansfield, Tyrese Francois, and Luke Harris on the bench. Um, and that is no disrespect to those young men at all. Right. But they are sitting on the bench for the Premier League at their age, coming from our academy um, with very two zero Premier League experience. I mean, two of them barely have any championship experience, right, to begin with. So, right. Um, if we had Solomon, if we had Wilson, if they weren't injured, if BDR and Cabano are on the bench, I mean, I think you're looking at a different side with more impact subs with skill. Um, I think I think Bobby Deck could overread. He is such a technically gifted player. I think he does fit well in the Premier League. But is he a starter all the time? Well, that's the whole so thing, sure. Mike. That's yeah, my point. yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and so I think he played the bench that everyone would expect him to play. And he was kind of forced to play to try and get a result out of this. Um, the only thing to... Giannis's point about Jay Stansfield is I think he is an incredibly bright talent um, and I think he's wonderful. And so yep. whether he starts or he comes on regularly as a substitute at this point, um, he is one of the key, probably the only key figure that will switch out regularly at this point. Okay. Very good. I, I want to just share a comment from our friend, Chris Goodwin, who happens to be a Liverpool supporter, but watches every one of our shows, which is great. Chris said this, the phone players clearly watch and listen to Cottage Talk. I, I hope that's true. <laughs> I, I do hope that's true. Thank you, Chris, for that. Thank you for, for uh, chiming in. All right, guys, let's get to it. Coming up next, we're going to break down this match. We're going to go through both halves. And if we have some time, I have a little bonus section. Dan Crawford from Hamian.com has his player ratings. I think we're going to go through that at the very end of the show. Okay, guys, let's get to it. Let's talk about the f- first half. Mr. Cohen, I'll give you first crack at this. Give me you just your overall analysis of how Fulham played in the first half. Yeah, we sat back. We absorbed pressure. I think we maybe had one attack the entire half. Um, and I think that about says it all, that we were very – we were camped in our own half for much of that game, uh, much of that first 45. And I think the big moment for me was Tim Ream had a great clearance and looked like he hurt his back, but he bounced back up. Um Martinelli hit the bar off a corner. Uh, Leno had a huge save on Saka. So Arsenal were definitely on the ascendancy, no doubt about it. But it wasn't quite as under the cosh as I think some others might have expected. There were periods of pressure, 
but there weren't too many clear-cut chances. No, there that wasn't. being said, we, we didn't offer anything as an attacking side, but no. that was fine. But again, I think what was key is then the half ended nil-nil, and in so many other matches we've seen in the Premier League in recent memory, we're down one or two-nil in the first 15-20 minutes away at a top six side. And I think Mike said it really well to start off with. We look the most comfortable, well-drilled squad. I'd argue since, you know, 2012-13. I mean, this is like nine, ten years back. But the, the point is this Fulham team looks like they belong in the Premier League. And that exactly. was my big takeaway from the match is that, yes, we lost. But the fact that we're, we're, we're leading, you know, we're, we're not conceding that first half. This Fulham team seems like a Premier League team. You could not really have said that in recent memory. Totally agree, Max. It's actually a good analysis. And it's funny because Marco talked a little bit about this, that if you look at the entire match, how many clear-cut chances did Arsenal really have? They had some decent chances, but nothing that Leno couldn't save. You know, and and, and I watched back again, and uh, it was interesting because I, I watched the halftime analysis from NBC Sports, and uh, Robbie Musto was basically, you know, singing the praises of Don't forget about foam, but he was concerned that we wouldn't be able to keep this pace up for 90 minutes. I guess you could say he turned out to be right, but he was impressed with how we sat sat up and how we handled their pressure. And he thought that Arsenal was doing everything right, except they just couldn't score. But that comes down to Fulham, Giannis. So when I'm looking at the analysis, and I thought Max did a great job of talking about it, you could talk about how well Arsenal played, but they didn't score. And if you don't score, I think a lot of that has to do with the opposition, Giannis. Your thoughts on the first half? Yeah, you can have 99.9% possession. If you don't score, it doesn't matter. And I thought the, it, we looked I thought we, very, we looked very compact uh, in the midfield. Defensively, we looked organised. It, it does put a big smile on my face to see us play a, a really good Arsenal side. And they are. They are and very good. T- they are. Although I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that, that uh, Silver's the better coach. I mean, I'd, okay. like to see, I'd like to see what Silva would do with a lineup like that. I mean, Arsenal stacked top to bottom and bench. But I think the true test of coaching is what you can do when you have less. And you look at the organisation of our team yesterday. I mean, we've given Liverpool an awful fright. We, sh- we should have won at Wolves, but we didn't. We deservedly beat Brentford and we should have got something yesterday. And considering the, the, the lack of reinforcements uh, and what he's had to play with, Marco and the coaching staff have done a magnificent job. So it, um, we didn't, I didn't think that in the first half they were going to break us down. Um, I honestly felt that if they were going to score, it was going to be either from a set piece or from an element of luck. And uh, that's there the way it go. went. But you take it away and you say, okay, well, for the most part, you know, we, we went toe-to-toe with a team that looks like it could be for top four at least this year, that should be battling for Europa League this year. And uh, there's a lot to take forward. But as I said, the next few days, and notwithstanding Brighton, who don't have a particularly good record against us, nope. uh, on Tuesday, who are playing tremendously well right now uh, on Tuesday, but um, there's a lot to, to be hopeful about. And uh, we're playing at the Cottage on Tuesday. So that's going to be something to look forward to. Absolutely, Yanis. And I just think that what you just said is pretty spot on to how I feel and uh, what we're watching. And uh, if you go and look at who they played against, and then I, listen, I'm not trying to take a, a jab at Scott Parker and Bournemouth, but they played Arsenal, and I believe they lost 3-0. Uh, 
Fulham go down two to one. And if you look how we've competed against these top sides, I mean, it's like night and day. It's night and day from two seasons ago. It's night and day from under Slavisa. We are set up to stay in the Premier League and hopefully at some point, maybe, like I said, thrive in the Premier League to the point where we're comfortable. Again, I think that a lot has to do with uh, reinforcements. If they don't get the reinforcements, then it's going to be a relegation battle. And then, you know, we'll see how that all plays out. But good stuff. Over to you, Mr. O'Connor, your thoughts in the first half. Yeah, just to kind of jump on what your last comment there about reinforcements is Marco's quote after is the team is ready. The squad is not right. Yeah. So some of the players he has now they're ready, but the squad as a whole is not. And he's spot on. Um, and he's not saying that in any way to disrespect his own players. Cause you can tell right. they play for him. He loves them. There's this great uh, fraternal vibe going on, but he's absolutely right. And I will say to play devil's advocate, if there is still an Arsenal fan listening on this broadcast, um, <laughs> I, I do think that we were quite fortunate with some of Arsenal's um, inability to score because from my perspective, again, maybe a little bit devil's advocate here. I thought they had made enough clear cut chances to put two or three past us. If they either just put their foot through the ball, they didn't um, dilly dally and look for the proper pass to pass it in. That being said, um, previous Fulham sides uh, would have probably just gone defensive from the off. And I think what stopped Arsenal and made them nervy is that you could not sit back on this Fulham side because our counterattacking Marco's way of playing out from the back, you that's what puts them off, right? They're not coming in knowing that we're going to camp inside our own 12 yard. Mike, we were dangerous every time we had the counter every time. Every time. So you can't have all those players up front. If you know, you've got people that can do that, a team that can do that to you. So right. um, on one side for the first half, I think we were fortunate that Arsenal didn't bury some clear cut chances they made, especially yep. when we talk about the second half, yep. but I think 60-40, the 60% goes, we played superior defensive football and we, we were able to show that we belong here. And I think the first half, nil-nil is a fair fair first half. Okay. I'm going to share this comment, guys. And, is, uh, and this is from Dave Cronin. Arsenal had 72% possession, 22 shots, only eight on target, Fulham, 11, three on target, and we still could have won the game. And Yanis uh, is rejoining us. I'll go back to him in a second. Max, what are your thoughts about that from Dave Cronin, these statistics on the game? Yeah, I think that's that's a good point, is that Arsenal are pretty wasteful at times. I think there was that Jacka chance first half, and I thought for sure that will be in the back of that, and he just shanked it. So to see they only had eight on target, it's kind of shocking. Um, yeah, and we only had three on target, but you know one of those is a goal, and you know we were clinical. Um, and we'll talk about Mitrich goal you know, later, but very satisfying when, when we take that lead. Okay, excellent. And that's going to bring us right to that goal. Thank you for leading us there, Max, because we're not going to talk about the goal. Mr. Janaeus, I'm going to give you the honors here. And it's funny because uh, Gabrielle was the GOAT and then becomes the hero in, in this match, right? But this, to me, has more to do with Mitro than it does with Gabrielle. His work rate, his desire, and again, you could call it a, a terrible mistake, which it was for Arsenal, but Mitro makes this goal happen, Giannis. This is what makes him special. Yeah, it only becomes a mistake. I mean, Gabriel's had a lot of stick from Arsenal fans about that goal. But to me, it's not so much a mistake. I think it's reflective of Mitro's bullying. I mean, he was determined to get the ball. He got the ball, knocked it back, and he smacked it home. You could say because it's 1v1. 
Um, he's the last defender. He should he shouldn't be dilly dallying at the edge of the box. But I mean, that's where Micho is from, from two years ago. Um, this is a guy who's so committed in terms of everything that he does. Um, I've heard no mentions of this. So I'm not I'm not um, deliberately creating rumours here. But you can't tell me there aren't teams right now that are looking at the way he's playing and going, oh my good God, could 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 we entice him away from the cottage with the right bid? Right. Because that goal was symptomatic of how far he's come as a player. I mean, I, it's almost as if that goal, that winning goal for Serbia um, in the World Cup qualifier against Portugal, that incredible header, it really was, is just telling you where his confidence level is right now. And there are many teams that would give a lot of money for a striker like him. And it's not just it's not so much even the chances that are created for him. He created an on himself, on himself, that was all him. That was and all him. Yeah. All him. That was, was all him. him. And Gabriel him. And, and and defenders have had mares like that. Were, yeah, you know, yeah. So that you've got to get and strikers are taught you close down and you make it difficult for defenders, and that's exactly what he did. The finish was clinical, yep. and it was a super goal. Okay, and I'm just going to share some comments, and I'm going to go to you, Mike. This is from Steve Rons because we're talking about Mitro. Previously, Mitro would have gone down. Now he wants to attack the goal. It's a good point. This is from. Our friend Chris Goodwin. Arsenal messed about at the back and paid for it because Mitro saw the opportunity and turned nothing into something. That's exactly what he did. This is from Darren Clark. Again, an Arsenal supporter. Darren, thank you so much for chiming in here. Silva is also playing to Mitrovic's strengths, more crosses into the box. Every time Foam got the ball into our box, he caused us problems. Looks like he will thrive in the Premier League season. Over to you, Mike. See, I, I wanted to go to you here because I'm glad that we're talking about Mitro because this is a big difference from, say, two seasons ago or even under Savisa. We're playing to his strengths. This yeah. is not just a credit to Mitro, but also to Marco, to finding a way to maximize the abilities of Alexander Mitrovic. Yeah, and I think what Marco's done, unlike the previous two managers, is that rather than being the typical old school center forward, give him crosses, big guy in the box, not very quick, but he's powerful. He's looked at him and said, mate, you're going to create your own chances. We're not going to give them for you. I want you to come back, link up the play. You see him constantly running back to the halfway line. Constantly. In this match, he did a cross field pass all the way to Cabano. And it was fantastic. As a center way. forward on a wing, like he's telling him, you have free reign. Up from the halfway line, that's you. You dominate. You do what you need to win. And I think that ability, that freelance, if you will, to play how Mitrovic wants and giving him his pass to do so has made Mitrovic more hungry, more confident. It fits with how he wants to play. And I will say to Gabriel, he, that was the second time he tried to mess about with Mitrovic that game. The first one was in the first half, and he almost yep. got caught out. And I called it. I said, if he tries that again, yep. Mitrovic is going to pounce on him. Uh, and I had a, an Arsenal mate next to me, and he said, what do you mean? I'm like, no, 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 Mitrovic doesn't forget. He's coming <laughs> back for that. And he did, and he absolutely he did. did. Um, and then there was a third time where Gabriel tried to outrun him, and he was very fortunate that it ricocheted off Mitrovic chasing him down and went out for a goal kick because um, yep. Mitrovic two seasons ago, maybe definitely under Parker, but under anybody yep. else might have not gone for that. Maybe he would have been more lethargic, but he is fit. He's hungry. He's powerful. Um, and he's going to create unorthodox goals because he's an un unorthodox guy, and that's what right. makes him who he is. Absolutely. Good stuff. Okay. Mad Max, whichever Max you are, I'm going back to you. Let's talk about, unfortunately, the equalizer from 
Arsenal, now this is a deflection, but I want to talk about the person who scored this because I thought he was, if I'm an Arsenal supporter, Odegaard I thought was the man of the match. I thought he was dominant, set everything up, really just controlled the play. But this was a deflection, so I'm going to ask you a question. Do you put anything on Leno on this, or is this just, uh, you know, again, listen, it was a good player making a play, deflects, I believe, off of Tosin, goes in the back of the net. Do you put any on Leno? No, 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 because, right, the, the Tosin deflection was super crucial. I put the blame on the defense or the, or the central midfielders because you can't let Odegaard, who, as you mentioned, was by far the best player on the pitch, I'd say, yesterday. Just essentially run, you know, 20, 30 yards unopposed. He had a full yep. head of steam. And and the reason which the shot went in is because we were sitting back. Tosin was kind of static and it hit off him. But no one's applying pressure. No one's actually stepping to Odegaard, you know, out of fear or, or out of just, you know, we'll try to contain him. But yep. that was a mistake. I mean, a player like that absolutely cannot give many time or space around the area. Yep. No, good point there. And at that point, guys, we're at 1-1 and you're thinking like, Giannis, I'll go back to you because at this point we're thinking, okay, let's get a point. And I think that's where the situation lies with Marco because you're you're at 1-1 and we have the substitution. So let's talk about this now before we talk about the Arsenal winning goal. Thoughts on the changes that Marco made and did you agree with them at the time? Uh, I was a little hesitant on them. But then, you know... A lot of substitutions you're looking at often is gut move. You know, you okay, so Mbabu's coming on, but he's only coming on for 10 minutes. Cabano's first game back for a couple. Kearney for the last 20, that's okay. Um, I, I was a little... The one that sort of concerned me a bit was actually Pereira coming off and Diop coming on. He, yeah. I wasn't comfortable with the way he played against Crawley on Tuesday. I know he's not played for a little while. Um, but I was... I, I just... You're at a new club. You got to you got to go out and you know prove what you got, and that's the one that you know just got me a little bit hesitant. But going back to the the equalising goal, yes, Odegaard, the, the Martin Odegaard that Arsenal are seeing is the Martin Odegaard that Real Madrid signed as a 15 year old. They signed this kid. This, he was supposed to be the wonder kid, and he was in and out of reserves. I think he went. To, he spent some time at Sociedad. Yeah. And Arsenal are reaping the benefits of all the potential that Odegaard has had for many, many years. But people knew how good he could be. My criticism of that equalising goal is actually with Tosin. Because okay. when, if you look at the shot that came into me, he looked like he was sticking his leg out waiting for a bus. I would, t- I would suspect if Tim Ream was there, his body would have gotten away. I thought it was a half-hearted, even from that close range. Yeah. And it was just took the slightest deflection to wrong foot Leno. So I think if, if they look at the videotape, I think Marco might look and say, you know what, that close out, you've got to be, even at that speed, you've got to give him more concerted effort because it just it was just that little deflection that was going to wrong foot Leno. Having said that, with the subs, I mean, again, we're going to go back to, you, let's look at their bench for a second, right? I know, it's crazy when Smith you look at the bench. And, it's and crazy, Kessier. as Mike said earlier. It's ridiculous. I mean, it, they're, they're so much stronger than us. And, you know, again, with the hand that he's dealt, He's doing the very best he can. Um, I'm not going to throw shade at, at – um, I'm not going to throw shade at Marco because the game okay. plan worked. I, I just um, – and if he th- if he thinks and the coaches think that maybe there's something that they could have done a little different, I think they'll see that. And with better players, the options off the bench in terms of selection process is going to be easier because you've got better players to bring up. 
And I'm glad that you brought this up, Giannis, because I was thinking when you were watching back the match, I'm thinking in a close match, you're playing Arsenal. How can you change the match? It's very difficult with the bench form had to, quote unquote, change the match. Arsenal can do that left and right. Liverpool can do that. Most clubs can do that. Right now, Fulham can't do it, partially because of injury and partially because of recruitment. And it makes things harder on the coach and the players who are giving you everything that they possibly can. But sometimes you need help. And when your help is the situation that they have with some youngsters who, again, are giving you everything that they can, they need more help. They need help that can be on a high-end quality help. And right now they certainly do not have that if you compare it to Arsenal. And Arsenal can change the game. Fulham right now can't. And that's a difficult place to be. But they still held their own. And in my mind, I I think you can make the argument that they deserved the point. They didn't get it. And that's going to lead to talk about the winning goal here. And Mike, I'm going to go to you because Max already brought this up. Yeah, we talked a little bit about this. How much do you put on Leno on the goal? Let's so, not talk about the VAR. Let's talk about the actual goal. I don't honestly. I try and stay away from criticizing goalkeepers too much. It's an incredibly difficult position when the box is filled with six foot four folks in there as well. Uh, he missed his punch. Yes, he collapsed on the ground a little bit there. Yes, um, but I will say my it kind of to go back to the previous point. My biggest issue with the substitutions beyond timing. I think you could have waited a little bit longer. Yep. Um, but that's just figuring out your players is. Why Diop? Why not Shane Duffy? Because Shane Duffy is the man you want in the middle to head balls away. Yeah. I think if Shane Duffy is where Diop is, even if Leno is there, Shane Duffy's strong, big enough, experienced enough. He's actually had a full preseason for the most part with Brighton to know how to do that. Why Diop came on, especially after Crawley Town, um, I just I don't understand Diop. Mbabu I got, yes, he got smoked by Martinelli three times, exact same way, leading to three different corners that eventually resulted in the goal. That's hard to come into a game when you have cold legs against someone like Martinelli, who's fast and a team yep. that's in flow. So really the substitutions, he, he has what he has. My biggest concern was Diop, not Duffy. And I think that Leno, I don't fault. I fault more so um, the defense that just kind of stood there and crowded him out. And as you said, when you see Gabriel hit it, Diop's kind of just standing there like, what do I do? And it's yep. it's not good enough. And West Ham obviously agreed and they, they offloaded him. So um, okay. I think... Not to be critical of Diop, he has the potential to be fantastic. I do. I think he's a big guy. He's strong. But would I have put him over Duffy if you're going to make that change? No, I would have I would have brought on Shane Duffy instead. It's an interesting second guess. Giannis, over to you. How much do you put on Leno? Uh, I'm not going to. No, I don't. Um, I, there's a lot of pressure in the box, but if the foul is there, the foul is there. Diop. Diop was standing there like a lamppost, and Duffy can't play. Duffy can't play for us on Tuesday against Brighton because that's right. Right, so might as well stick Duffy out there. Duffy's one of the best headers of the ball in the, in the Premier League. It's a good point. Um, so, so stick him out there. His, his, um, his performances so far have been decent. So uh, why not do that? But um, you know, um, one Diop's biggest problem is going to not going to be to prove it to his his um, his coaches; it's to prove it to his teammates. You got players that will have bust their you know what for 80, 90 minutes, see someone lollygagging onto the field, 
you know, the, I mean, I, I, you know, changing rooms afterwards can be pretty hot-headed uh, places. I can see Mitro walking over and going, "You don't, you might do this at the Olympic, but you don't do it here." And I think, you know, it's proving that to your teammates in a situation like that, in a melee with four minutes to go, that's going to get you the respect of your teammates because your respect to your teammates is is, yep. is going to be more important than the fans. As if you got, if the teammates have got your back, you can deal with anything else. And that's that's where I think with Duffy, Duffy showed himself to be a model professional since coming in, and he's 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 a good little pickup, but he can't play on Tuesday, so I okay. I would have put him in over Diop. Diop um, shouldn't be anywhere near the team until he's fully match fit and until he's fully emotionally committed to the cause when he comes on the field. Okay, good stuff, guys. Great stuff. Okay, so unfortunately, after that, Wilson Fulham had an opportunity with a shot from Chalbov from the uh, cross cross. I'm sorry, from the uh, set piece from Harrison Reed, but it, it ends full moves in two to one. And I, and again, like I've mentioned before, I, I thought that they acquitted themselves very well and they lose, but again, I, I think they gained some respect and uh, I think that they deserve me personally, potentially to get something out of the match, but you know, credit to Arsenal. They did create a lot of opportunities they were the better side. They got all three points, and we move on. But before we move on to end the show, guys, I am going to ask you man of the match. But before I do that, I thought a fun way to end the show would be to go through player ratings. We used to do a, a whole show on player ratings. We're going to kind of do it a little bit rapid fire just for time's sake. But Dan Crawford just posted his player ratings on hamian.com, and Dan is a former co-host and actually – Dan wants to come back on the show. We'll have Dan back on the show. I love Dan. Dan is one of the reasons why Cottage Talk continued. So thank you to Dan Crawford. And has a great podcast right now called The Green Pole. Highly recommend it. But I'm going to share this with you guys on my screen. And we're going to go through the player ratings. Sound good? Quickly. We'll go through them quickly and get your thoughts. Um, I'll go back and forth between the three of you so we can get through all the players. So let me uh, share my screen. So just give me a second and we'll share it. And we'll go through the... Uh, player ratings from Dan Crawford. Let me pull this up. Let's see. Here we go. And now I'm going to share the player ratings. Okay. Giannis, I'll go to you first. Burn Leno, he gives a 7.5. Do you agree or disagree? Disagree. I, I'd give him, I'd not, I think I'd give him a 7. Um, I thought he played well, but again, it was that crucial, the second goal. I mean, yeah, foul notwithstanding. Uh, nice save from Xhaka. He still needs a little bit more time, but um, Rody's going to have a, a, a difficult job getting back in. But seven, seven's a good performance. Seven's, yeah. Seven. Seven's okay. better than zero. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mike, Kenny Tete, he gives him an eight. Do you agree or disagree? I'd give, I'd give Kenny an 8.5 for sure. Okay. Um, I, think he kept, I think he kept Martinelli in his pocket or whoever, when they switched them out on the wings, him and Robinson, uh, they had them locked up for the most time. So and there's crucial, a few crucial saves, sorry, that Tete did with his last-minute tackling too. So I'd give him probably an 8.5. Okay. Max Tosin, Dan Crawford gives him a 7.5. Agree or disagree? Yeah, I think that's, that's about fair. I think, you know, was he at fault for the first goal? Maybe. Um, but I think I can also easily think of a bunch of situations when his recovery pace stopped an Arsenal attack. So I think seven, seven and a half is, is the right range. Yeah. Okay. Right back to you, Tim Ream. You're Mia culpa now. <laughs> he gives him an 8.5. Agree or disagree? 
Yeah, that, I think that's that's a very good score. I think eight point five is spot on. Timmy might might even be the man of the match, so we'll see how the ratings pan out. Well, but I would not be surprised if eight and a half is the best Dan gave. Okay, we will do man of the match at the very end, guys. Giannis, back over to you. Anthony Robinson gets an eight. My mea culpa. I I think that he put on a great performance. I think eight's fair. Agree or disagree, Giannis? I agree. I think eight's a very good, a very good. Uh, it's a very good rating there, um, and I think that. Um, it's interesting that Ga- we're not really talking about Gabriel Jesus, who's um, no, no, it's a great shout. Been, yeah, he's been. Um, How about soccer? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we did a re- we did a really good number on the on on the strikers today, and we're gonna. I mean, there aren't going to be, be many better uh, teams of better strike force than than, than Arsenal have got. So, other yeah, Robinson technically has um is improved, and again, he's got a, an eye on the the World Cup, but I think he's probably going to be the starting left-back, I would think. But nonetheless, um, played very well. Yeah, I do agree with the, the eight. Okay. Mike, over to you. This is an interesting one. Harrison Reed, he gives a 6.5. Now, the issue with this is that Odegaard was fantastic. So do you put it more on Harrison Reed or Paulina, but he gives Harrison Reed a 6.5. Do you agree or disagree? No, I'm actually... Not to skip ahead, but I'm looking at Bobby Decker over Reed getting a six and Harrison Reed getting a six and a half. I would yep. actually swap the two. I think Reed okay. was largely non-existent that game. Um, okay. he, he, you know, he runs his socks off. He's a, he's a great. He puts his body on the line. But I actually think he was um, very non-existent that game. Whether it is because Odegaard is just that smooth and silky and great, which he is, but I just don't think it was his best shift. Okay. Yeah, I think I would give him a six. Okay. Very good. Okay. Max, over to you. Paulina, he gives a 7.5. Agree or disagree? Yeah, I think, I think that's about fair. I think seven, seven and a half, that's, that, that's a fair range. Um, I think he needs to watch himself. I think someone in the comments said he already has three bookings in the first four matches. I love his aggression. Sometimes it can get a bit out of hand. Yeah. Um, but I think very good. And I think one thing we haven't mentioned this show, which I've talked about in the past, I think the reason we're seeing Tim Ream play so well, we're seeing Tosin play well. Oh. Is because Polina. of Jao Polina. Absolutely, in front of Max. Central defensive midfield, I really believe, is one of the most important positions, if not the most important position yes. in a team. And it's such a great asset. We have someone like Polina there. Okay. Giannis, back over to you. You know, it's funny. This player is becoming one of my favorite players. Andres Pereira, seven. Agree or disagree? Uh, seven is uh, – Dan's got it again, seven. seven. I mean, it was it was a tough game for him, but he's, he doesn't, to me, look recognizable as the same player when he played for United. His work rate has been excellent, um, and he's running up. He's covering every blade of grass, and there seems to be a good understanding between him and Harrison and Zhao. Um, and um, this was this, this was a very hard game. I mean, right. for us. I mean, this is this isn't. Um, I won't offend other fans, but on this one, but going to the Emirates is one of the toughest stadiums you can go to and get anything. And uh, I was a little disappointed when Pereira was brought off. So um, I'd give him. Yeah, seven's a good one for me. Okay, very good. All right. Max, back over to you. Niskins Cabano, 7.5. Agree or disagree? Mm, I'd maybe go a bit lower, six and a half, seven. I thought he was good, but when I think of the actual attacking situations, not great. And the one situation I really think of is when he had the counterattack. And I can't remember who it was, but there's someone who was free in the center. And Cabano, you know, it's unlucky, but the ball hits a standing foot and he just whiffs. That really was a golden opportunity just to square it. And we could maybe could have, you know, gotten a second goal there. Right. Um, but let's also give him a shout out. I'll criticize him, but that touch he had from the Mitro ball, which Mike was talking about, 
That was one of the best skills I've seen all season in the Prem. I mean, what a touch that was. Unbelievable. I'm glad that Mike brought that up. It was fantastic. Okay. All right, Mike, back over to you. Let's talk about Mitro. Dan gives him an eight. Agree or disagree? I'd have to give him if, you know, he's rivaling for man of the match. Um, but I would say he's probably an eight's probably right. Uh, he did earn the goal himself, and we could give him an eight and a half. But I think the defensive unit of our team was really the standout against this Arsenal squad. So eight's probably fair. Okay. I'm just going to share the uh, ratings for the substitutes, and you guys could, I'll go to all three of you just overall about the substitutes. Kearney gets a 7.5, and Babu gets a 5. Issa Di- Diop gets a 5.5. And Chalaba gets a six. Jay Stansfield gets a five. Giannis, over to you. Any thoughts about the ratings with the substitutes? Uh, I wouldn't give I wouldn't give Issa um, a 5.5. I might put the decimal point one to the left on that one. Uh, I thought Kenny played really well when he came on. Babu, I think I feel a bit bad for him because, um, you know, people, you know, the goal last week against Brentford set up. And, you know, he's up against... Um, you know they were they were flying. They were going all guns blazing at that particular right. time. Um, Chalaba makes me nervous every time he comes on the field. Um, he does, and um, and and I think looking ahead to to that transfer deadline and looking at the, the subs because we're allowed five. Uh, I mean, really, I mean, <laughs> you look at the, the players we're bringing off, and you, and you're going, oh god. We just don't have that. We don't have the depth. It is what it is, right? And right. we've had months to get the depth, and the the breadth is is mm, not far off, but the depth is is way off the mark. I thought Kenny was the best of the five, um, and um, it's good to see he's got some life in the old the old dog yet. Um, but ultimately, they just had a little bit more strength and depth than, than we did. Okay, Max, your thoughts on the substitutes and the ratings from Dan Crawford. Yeah, I think um, I, I think they're all largely spot on. Uh, Chalba, you do have to give him a shout out though. He nearly scored a winner or equalizer yep. very late on. He did, um, and, and that's not an easy connection to make with with the volley coming in. He's on, on full stretch, so yep. got to him. Okay, Mike, how about you? Yeah, overall, no complaints. I think Dan largely got it right. I think the substitutes largely right, um, and I think it's also very difficult as a sub to come in against that game. So it's nothing really necessarily against any of them, but. Um, yeah, it was just a tough one to come into. So I think he's pretty spot on. Okay. All right, guys, to end the show, we'll do man of the match. Max, I'll give you first crack at it. Who's your man of the match? I have to go Anthony Robinson. I, I was thinking wow. Tim Ream, thinking Mitra, but Robinson, I mean, he was just Every time you mention him, I yeah. feel bad. I don't know why. Every single time. <laughs> he uh, he forced uh, he forced a booking out of an Arsenal play. Ben White, I think it was very early on, which was key for us. Yeah. It seemed every single time someone tried to run at him, he just stood strong which is not something we see in the past. And I'm just very impressed with this play. Okay. Mr. O'Connor, and again, thank you so much for joining us. Who's your man of the match? It's Anthony Robinson as well. Kept Saka quiet. I think most of our uh, counterattacks when he would sprint forward were, were spot on. And I think um, largely the entire defensive unit is as a whole was great. But I think Robinson just by like 0.1 nudges Tim Ream for me. Seriously, does he listen to the show? Because if he does, he's going to be pretty upset at me. So I hope <laughs> Andy Robinson doesn't listen to Cottage Talk, but he might be. All right, over to you, Giannis. Who's your man of the match? Tim Ream. I thought he was absolutely – I mean, and I, and, and I, I thought Robinson had an excellent game. I thought Mitro worked so hard. But for me, Ream was measured. He was quality. He was calm. 
he was assured. He played as a captain. Um, I was he was absolutely brilliant. It was it's it's you know a lot of us questioned the one year extension to the contract. Yeah, but oh dear, um, I will cheerfully admit. You know, I, 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 I thought it was magnificent he'd be around as, as a squad player. I hope that he, he's kept on in a, a coaching capacity next year. No disrespect to Harry Arter. <laughs> but um, I I thought he he has played. He's left me with egg on my face. Okay. His performance is less this year. And uh, I I mean, I'd have given him, a, I probably would have given him a nine uh, for yesterday. It was superb. So I give Thanks. it to Tim. And what's funny is that the Americans are putting egg on our faces, Giannis. It's crazy. Yes, they are. Yes. The Americans of all the Americans. players, you know, they're 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 embarrassing us, Giannis. Okay. I'm gonna share some men of the match comments from our supporters, and we got a good amount of them. Tim. Ross, Reed. Who is yours? Who's your man of the match? Oh, that's right. I'd not give him my man of the match. I'm gonna give it to Anthony Robinson. Yes, Anthony, if you're watching or listening, I'm gonna give it to you. You were phenomenal. To do what you've done against these top high-quality players, I'm going to give it to Anthony Robinson, but you can make a shout for Tim Ream as well, but I'm going to give it to Anthony Robinson. So that's where I'm going. But our friend here says, man of the match, Robinson, shout-out to Ream. So we're kind of on the same page with this. Dave Cronin, Tim Ream or Robinson, Tim just shaded it for me. Let's see what else he, Dave said. I meant Tim Ream. Yes, I, I understand that. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, Showtime, 33 of the Robinson pick. Rob versus Saka push. Let's see what else we've got here, guys, to end the show. Let's see, Comb. My friend Comb says, Tete, man of the match for me. We really haven't talked that much about him, but I, I see the point. Steve Woodyard goes Tim Ream. Steve Reynolds, Tim Ream. Chris Goodwin, who happens to be a Liverpool supporter, but a Patriots fan, Max. Yes, he's a Patriots fan. Chris Goodwin says, I was going to go for Leno, but the mistake was costly, so I will go for Championship Tim Ream as man of the match. I love that. Thank you, Chris, as always, for watching all of my shows. And, and guys, we will wrap this up. Before we go, Mr. O'Connor, thank you so much for coming back. It's been a long time. I hope you can join us again and again. You were fantastic today. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you, gents. Okay. Mr. Janaeus, thank you, as always, for a great show. It was a great show. Yeah, it was an excellent show, and it's nice to you know you don't ever want to you don't ever want to um, lose. But the next forty eight hours, I know, Rush, you will be glued to every glued. every deadline rumor. Even even though I hate it, I'm glued to it. I hate it, but I, it's 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 a weird addiction, Giannis. Because I check Twitter every day. I happen to check right now. We are broadcasting this live. It is currently. 4 p.m. or 4.02, 4.05. And uh, I happen to see a link. Finally, it's been days to a player in Turkey, of all things, a winger. So that might be a little worrying to some because what's going on with Justin Cliver? But, yes, I'm following all. I am a hypocrite. I complain about it, but I follow it all. So Russ Goldman, the hypocrite. And then there's Max. <laughs> there's Mad, the Mad Max. Mad Max or <laughs> Optimus Max. Are you Optimus Max? Yeah, how can, how can I not be after such a great show with you guys? Great to have Mike back uh -huh. on. Great to see Giannis, of course. And uh -huh. captaining the ship, as always. Okay. And, Colm, thank you for mentioning that, because please do subscribe. It really does help other Fulham supporters find us. The numbers are keep going up and up. We're, you know, we're about, like, 550 right now, but I'd like to someday really see that triple or quadruple, the amount on YouTube, because uh, I've watched so many videos on YouTube, and, I just think that uh, 
it's a great way to watch Cottage Talk, so please do subscribe. One final thing, guys, before we go, and I tweeted this out. I can't tell you at this point what's going on, but I can say that we are hopefully going to have an announcement soon, something exciting for Cottage Talk. And again, I again, hopefully we will be have that soon within a few days, but something is looking pretty good, but I can't announce it until it becomes official. But be on the lookout for an announcement from Cottage Talk. Might not be in the next show, but in probably the next couple of shows, we will be announcing something that I think is going to take Cottage Talk to the next level. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Great show, guys. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Cottage Talk. For the return of Mike O'Connor, Obviously, Yana Shanaeus and Max Cohen. I'm Russ Cohen. Thank you, as always, for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.